to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. Ah, that precious time. It's worth so much. And you are spending your time with us here. Uh, thank you very much. It's uh, extremely appreciated. Uh, this week we have uh, an interview that's actually a little bit on the older side, but uh, I definitely kind of I definitely wanted to get it out there. Uh, London Johnson is uh, is out there in the in the news uh, a bit, and I wanted to put the uh, interview out there that I did with him. Uh, this was actually right around the turn of the of the uh, year, um, and uh, I wrote a longer article about him and uh, published it uh, here on the Substack. Uh, but I uh, wanted to uh, put the interview out there. Uh, also, he was in the news because uh, he is on the, um, at least Jonathan Javoni's uh, list of possible players to be uh, to be playing at the Nike Hoop Summit, which is obviously one of the biggest showcases uh, in youth international basketball. Uh, the single game going on in Portland on April 8th. Uh, that should be a fantastic uh, fantastic uh, game. It always is, and it's great that uh, that we are back to having events like that. Um, and so uh, the interview was going to be with, with uh, London Johnson, uh, but before that, obviously, you have a bunch of other things going on. And, yeah, and actually, let's just jump right in because, you know, the, 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 the big three that we do uh, kind of like to – uh, give some, give a rundown of things going on at the uh, in the world of basketball. Um, just a, a taste, not just the interviews, uh, but a little bit of some things that are going on that that we're watching. Um, and the story we're watching is actually that um, uh, that world select team uh, for the Hoop Summit. Uh, some pretty uh, pretty big names on that list, and uh, and that uh, Jonathan Giovanni published. Uh, a few days ago, uh, John, uh, John Montero from Dominican Republic, uh, playing at the Overtime Elite, uh, City uh, Sissoko, uh, French uh, guard playing with Basconia, Matas Buzelas, uh, Lithuanian playing in the States, uh, Tyrese Proctor, uh, Australian uh, with the NBA Global Academy, Adam Bona, uh, Turkish, uh, Nigerian playing uh, in high school in the states, uh, I believe UCLA bound, if I'm not mistaken, and then as the uh, and the aforementioned uh, London Johnson, a couple others on there, but uh, just wanted to put some of the bigger names out there. Um, so uh, yeah, that's actually kind of the story we're watching. Uh, um, Nike USA Basketball have not announced the uh, the the world select team. They have. They have selected. They have announced the uh, USA team, um, and uh, I'll send. I'll have a link in the uh, show notes on uh, takingthecharge.substack.com, where you can uh, check out uh, the team, the players that uh, for, that will be playing for the United States. Um, so yeah, that's the story we're watching. Uh, I imagine that that who, that that. Uh, um, so that's the story that we're watching. Um, I imagine that the that USA Basketball will announce it soon. Uh, you know, we're still a good you know three weeks or so out uh, before that game. Uh, as I mentioned, April eighth. Uh, Young Player of the Week. Uh, I'm going to to select uh, Rocco Perkushin, um, 2002 born Croatian. Uh, got back to action, playing his first games uh, in. About three months uh, played, uh, had a had a, actually an ankle surgery, 
um, at the end of last year's last game was December 10th and he was able to come back uh, and played an ABA game where I think he had two points, three rebounds and assist. And then uh, uh, the time of recording yesterday uh, had 13 po- 14 points, three rebounds and assist in the Croatian league uh, in 24 minutes. So it's, it's good to see uh, Perkerson back. Uh, he was actually uh, in the uh, draft list last year and withdrew his name. Um, so uh, playing with Sabona here in in uh, in in Europe with uh, with the Croatian team, and uh, yeah, so just um, happy to see him back and and really look forward to seeing him be able to step up his uh, his game a little bit to uh, to to get kind of back up on on radars. You know, when you're when you're that uh, when when you're that young and and you uh, you miss a couple of months, you can very easily get off radars for a while and. Um, and so that's uh, why I wanted to, to just mention that he was able to come back. Uh, event that we're watching, upcoming event that we're watching, um, it's actually taking place tomorrow um, at noon Central European time. So it's uh, 6 p.m., uh, 6, uh, uh, 6 uh, noon, 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time in the United States. Uh, and that is the draw for the uh, FIBA Under-17 Basketball World Cup 2022 uh, which will be taking place uh, in July in Malaga, Spain, uh, July second to the to the tenth, um, and we have the draw, um, and so we're going to see where all of these uh, where these teams are going to be playing. Obviously, USA goes in as the uh, five-time reigning champions, uh, five-time undefeated reigning champions. They've never lost a game. Um, in fact, they've only had one game that was in single digits. Uh, that was the two thousand four. I believe final 2014 or 2016 final against uh, Australia. Um, so obviously the overwhelming favorites uh, to uh, to get another title. And um, so yeah, tomorrow uh, Thursday is the draw. Uh, jump on the FIBA uh, YouTube channel, and you could uh, catch that. Uh, and of course, I'll have the link uh, in the uh, in the show notes as well. All right, let's get to a sneak peek of our interview for the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast part of the paid subscription where we have a, a longer in detail interview with uh, Prospect and, uh, and, uh, and provide it to uh, paid subscribers. Uh, also part of the paid subscription is the Talking Talent podcast where the scouts that uh, I have part of my army, I like to call them, uh, they come on and, and we talk about scouts. They give their analysis breakdown, um, their pros and cons, um, and the full archives are available uh, for the paid subscribers, the taking the a Talking Talent podcast is uh, is available for two weeks uh, for free, and then all of the archives are available only for paid subscribers. Um, so here's uh, here's a sneak peek of our inter- my interview with uh, Melvin Panzer, uh, Swedish 2000-born guard playing with uh, a Spanish second division team, Real Valladolid. Uh, so uh, catch you on the other side of that. Um, Real Madrid is Real Madrid. And, and and all the pressure that belongs to that um, winning and everything else. Um, still, you are actually one of about 20 youth players that have made their debut um, for uh, for Real under Pablo Lasso. So you're talking Diaz, you're talking Martin, uh, Hernan Gomez, Barrier, Doncic, Justa, Radoncic, Samba, Nadie, 
de la Rua, Nakic, Garuba, Tijma, Spanola, Vukcevic, Nunez, Elid Nadia, um, Klavsar, Miller, and then Sadiq, uh, Garuba. Um, maybe just talk about, and, and, and I find that amazing, especially when you think about all the pressure that the club uh, is is under faces everything to to win and yet you know there's bringing in the young players into the system maybe just talk about that youth culture in the club in real madrid bringing young players to the pros uh, yeah so uh, i think madrid i think they take kind of one player each generation so one for 99 generation one for 2000 one for 2001 it's often like that uh, so it comes with a lot of pressure because you know how many good players there are in one group. Uh, for example, the group of 2001, it was Mario Nakic, Amar Silla, Karim Quili. You know, they have a lot of good players. Uh, so it's a lot of pressure when you're going up because the fans expect a lot of you, uh, out of you. Uh, so it's a lot of pressure. Uh, but I think Madrid is working really good with development on the players. What do you think they do better than other clubs? I think they they trust their players, kind of, kind of trust. Uh, they give them all the tools to succeed. Uh, and uh, they always been honest, actually, with you. Like, uh, they tell you what you need to work on. They tell you if you want to get to the first team, what you have to do and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, um, you know, I was really happy to see that he uh, was, you know, was playing, was playing really well. Uh, you know, he's a, there's so much talent that's come through that system, and uh, you know, it's so easy for some of those players to kind of um, get overlooked, uh, especially not the the star star players. Uh, but you know, Spanish uh, Leb Gold Second Division is a pretty high level league, um, and uh, Panzar is really doing a, a pretty solid job. And um, is he going to get drafted? Who knows? Probably not. But uh, just the fact that he's uh, really producing uh, is one of the reasons why I really wanted to get it out there and uh, let people know uh, how he's doing. All right. Uh, and with that, let's uh, close the show then. Uh, and that is uh, our interview with London Johnson. Uh, he obviously starred for Jamaica with uh, at the FIBA U17 FIBA U17 Central America uh, championship uh, this was uh, back in uh, December was just phenomenal uh, scoring record for the for the tournament um, and uh, we actually talked uh, at the end of last end of last year uh, in December and um, was actually he was talking about in the interview you'll hear he actually mentioned that he would be making his choice soon for college and he still hasn't made it um, so um, that uh, that decision is actually still to be made uh, so if you're listening to this uh, podcast uh, interview you um, you haven't missed that part he still is has not made the decision um, and uh, so that will be um, a little spoiler there uh, but uh, yeah it was a fun it was a fun talk about it with a with a with a young man who uh, really impressed me with his maturity um, and uh, of course the the article that I wrote uh, will also be linked in the um, in the show notes uh, so thank you very much for for uh, for sticking around for listening to the show for finding us 
uh, your your time is truly 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 appreciated. Uh, thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Enjoy the interview with London Johnson. All right. So on the show this week, um, actually a guy that I've been uh, wanting to talk to, wanting to talk to for a couple of weeks, uh, London Johnson. Uh, a, uh, a guard with uh, Norcross and also a member of the Jamaican uh, U17 national team. Uh, London, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, taking some time. So thank you for having me. Um, I guess uh, first first let's start off with uh, um, your your thoughts about uh, the, you know we're recording this right before uh, the right before the the start of uh, 2022. Uh, maybe uh, maybe some of your favorite memories of uh, 2021 uh, before we exit into uh, into the new year. I'd say definitely some um, some tournaments with Game Elite on the Adidas circuit. Uh, um, we we went all the way to the final four picture, ended up losing in Omaha, and then um, some tournaments with Norcross. Uh, being able to uh, play with Coach Mack and then also the Jamaican national team. So I would say those are my biggest moments in 2021. Yeah, obviously the Jamaican national team. We'll we'll, we'll talk uh, quite a bit about just because that's um, that's uh, you know the international uh, uh, aspect. Um, I guess I guess let's first start off with uh, uh, with you know maybe how how and when. Uh, did the game find you? Um, and I know your I saw your father played a little bit of basketball. Um, maybe how how and how and when did basketball find you? I really just fell into it when I was younger. I used to play like a little goal in my house, and then ever since then, I uh, took it up. And my dad's really been teaching me, getting me uh, to different trainers and helping me with my game. What was what was so special about basketball? You know that that that. Because yeah, you know, because you know, a young a young Americans you know play either you know baseball or, or football. And I I think you played a little bit of both. And you know, what was the thing that kind of uh, made you decide on basketball? The main thing was uh, my dad had played it back in the day, and once he uh, put the ball in my hands and I started playing, I really, I just never went away from it. I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great game. Um, you 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 mentioned your you mentioned your dad. Uh, and one of the things I, I kind of wanted to uh, talk to you about was was moving all around a lot. Um, I noticed that. Uh, so you were you were actually born in in Houston? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and then and then you moved quite uh, moved around quite a bit. Um, why yes, not? Sir. Why not you? Um, can you can you please walk it through uh, just sort of the time frame? Uh, about where you went and I, I know some of the places but I just would rather hear from you you know kind of uh, where you you know how old you were when you went here and there for sure so I was born in Houston Texas and then moved to Washington DC around when I was two years old and then after Washington DC I moved to Virginia when I was around four or five and after Virginia I moved to Massachusetts Boston around seven then after that, we moved to Tennessee when I was around uh, 9 or 10. Then after Tennessee, when I was uh, around 12, uh, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And after Charlotte, uh, I lived in Charlotte for about three and a half, four years. And that's when I moved to Atlanta recently, just last year. 
Yeah, last year he made the move down to to Atlanta. Um, how, I mean, j- just you saying all of that, um, and 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 pretty calmly. Um, that's a lot. Um, and you know, and and you're and you're talking, you know, very young, very young, uh, young person. Um, when what are your first memories? Like, which place do you really start really remembering? Probably more. Virginia, Boston, no? Yes, sir. Yeah. That was where I, that's where I really start to remember. I don't really remember anything from Houston and DC that much. And is that is that kind of where when the when the sports kind of took over then also for you that 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 uh that you started, you know, getting into an age where you can, you know, play with the neighborhood kids and stuff like that? Yes, sir. I, I'm pretty sure my first my first time playing was when I lived in Virginia. Um, yeah, that was my first time playing competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 um, and and why all the moves? I, I know your your mom right now is a doctor. As, as I, I read it, it was was sure. what what was the reason that uh, that the family moved so much? It was really just because of my dad and my mom. Just, it wasn't. Sorry, yeah, it, wasn't anything, it wasn't anything specific. It was just the fact that they wanted to move around to different places. Uh-huh. And and so you kind of remember Virginia the most. Uh, how how did Virginia kind of compare to uh, to 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 Boston and then and then and then uh, and then the other places? Well, Virginia, I, I played in the Pee Wee League back when I was younger. Um, I remember I used to go to like the Richmond Spiders camp and stuff like that. So my mom also worked at DCU. Um, that's all I really remember from there. And then how it compares to Boston, I'd say that I was a little older in Boston, so I, I had more friends, I'd say, in Boston. And that's when I really uh, like started to have friends, I'd say, at a young age. And then after that? And then after Boston, it was Tennessee. And that that's really um, like when I really started to play AAU-wide basketball. Because since Virginia, I was playing competitive, but then AAU really started for me when I was in Tennessee. I played with B.J. Edwards. I'm not sure if you know who that is, who committed to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I met him. Yeah, I met him when I uh, moved to Tennessee. How how was that for you? Because you said you started kind of getting some friends in 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 Boston. How was that kind of? Um, you, you know, I mean, I, I know my childhood friends. I've actually moved around uh, much more since I started going to college, and and I I don't have a lot of there's there's a lot of uh, gap in my you know the years where I have friends just because I was moving from one place to the next. Um, how how hard was that for you? You know, not saying anything that, you know, this was, you, you know, you, you know, something against your parents or anything like that. But how hard was that? Do you remember, you know, trying to meet new, uh, trying to meet new people, new, new kids? I'd say it was more difficult all the way up until Tennessee. After Tennessee, I feel like after all the moves, I really just adjusted to the fact that you move a lot and making friends and become that hard. Especially while I was playing basketball, that's really how it made my friends also playing basketball and then uh, also being in school. I mean, I, it, it kind of sounds like, I mean, you can Im- kind of imagine that, that, 
that basketball, uh, I mean, saving grace is probably a little bit overboard, but that it was kind of the, the thing that kind of gave you sort of substance, you know, that, that, you know, that, that was, that was your avenue that, that, uh, you know, was, was that sort of an avenue to, to, you know, that you could easier meet people because of basketball, because you had that. Yes, sir. I definitely say that. Um, and, and when did you, what was, what was the moment where you kind of said, you know, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this. Um, really in Tennessee, we're a great team. We did, we were blowing people all the time. I didn't really know that I was that good then. I'd say probably like later in Charlotte, I started to realize that I could be really good. Mm-hmm. And how did and how did you how did that change you? I just motivated me to work harder and try to uh, uh, reach the goals and uh, next level and points in my game. And, and who were who were some of your who were some of your basketball role models? And maybe how did those change over the years then too? Um, the main ones I didn't really know about any other basketball players until I lived in Virginia. And I was around four or five, and I really, uh, I, I grew up liking LeBron when I was younger. I just used LeBron for him. And then I still like LeBron ever since I've been growing up. That's, that's the main guy I've been watching. But as I realized that uh, I probably won't have a LeBron body, I started to uh, like watch more players that uh, fit my style of play. So I started liking guys like Chris Paul and Seth Curry and Damian Lillard like that. Hmm. That's one of the things about LeBron that's almost a, a negative is that it's hard to be a role model, hard to have him, you know, be a role model because no, not everybody's going to look like him, you know, Chris Paul, yeah. you know, Stephen Curry, you know, <laughs> those are, sure. those are quote, normal people, normal people, you know, more or less, sure. you know, um, yeah. so, so uh, you're a junior right now um, sure. and, and, and you have a big decision coming up. Um, as far as, uh, as far as you, you know, where you're going to go to college, um, as far as I understand, you know, you, you, you kind of mentioned that you're going to be making the decision soon. I I don't really, you know, care, you know, you don't have to tell me that, you know, where you're going to go. That's not important. That's not what my, my job or my interest is, but, um, what's it like for you, um, to, to be recruited? What's it like for you to have all these schools say, you know, we want to have you, you know, what, what is, what does that feel like? Uh, really, uh, I started off playing AU, and uh, my dad and I, uh, we didn't know if I was really going to get any offers. So we were just happy with what we got. We're getting um, interest from like schools like East Tennessee State and stuff like that. We're just happy for what we got. And then uh, I got my first offer from University of Georgia, playing with Team Curry uh, two years ago, right when I first moved to Georgia. And then my offers, I picked up. Uh, 27 offers, offers just started rolling in. And at that point, it was just, uh, it was hard trying to find time to still communicate with all the coaches, but still get schoolwork done and also mm-hmm. uh, still get in the gym for uh, workouts and stuff like that while staying in touch with all the coaches. And how, how are you going to make a decision? I think I will do a commitment video. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I'll end up uh, posting on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. 
Okay. Um, what I meant that that's that's actually uh, you know very uh, you know that's that's uh, a legitimate question. Um, what I what I meant was more you know what you know what are some of the you know reasons you're going to pick this school or that school. Oh, the main reason is my connection with the coach, also the style of play of the school, uh, how it fits my game, and then also school that pushed me to get better because uh, my main goal is to get to the NBA. And then a school that uh, that has a good academics as well. And then uh, that doesn't have too many players that are already there where I can play right when I get there from high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, you know, do you you want to you want to get in and you want to contribute and be able to to, to play right away? Um, uh, what? Um, you're close to making the decision now. Um, yes, sir. What What is the um, What's been the What's been the most fun part of all of this, and then what's been the most challenging part of all of this? I'd say the most fun is just really getting better and knowing you're getting better by uh, all the schools reaching out and um, being there because uh, not a lot of people get to experience getting. Uh, college scholarships then i'd say the least part is really just trying to keep up with all the coaches calling you consecutively throughout the uh, day yeah yeah do you feel that this is so that you're a junior right now uh do you feel like this is the right time that you that you want to do it uh, to wait longer it would you know really would just you know that you can then end this i mean that sounds bad but you know that you can you know finally you know that you could say okay this is what i want to do this is where i want to go and then just to concentrate then on your on your senior season and, and really just get that, that much better is that that is that kind of the idea then yes sir that's exactly the idea yeah yeah um we i talk i talk uh you know this um my my audience is an international basketball audience and one of the things that that amazes me about um uh, about uh american high school basketball is uh, that there's no shot clock uh, and um so you played in you played high school in uh okay so you only played high school in charlotte right i don't think charlotte no, i don't i don't think north carolina has a shot clock right no sir and Georgia does well. They did it. They did it when I played. They did when you played. Well, they did it. They they introduced it. You mean? No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't have one when I played. Oh, they did they... just. Yeah, Georgia just introduced one this year. Ah, uh, this season. Okay. And and AAU. Uh, AAU. They have some in specific tournaments, like on the Adidas circuit. I know they uh put one in, but uh, some other tournaments didn't have one. So what's that like? I mean, this is really something that that's that still continues to boggle my mind. Um, that that there's that there's no shot clock. Um, what's that like to 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 go from state to state? Um, and 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 would it be also that that if you're going from state to state because you said you just had, get it, had a game in uh, in Nashville? I, I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure Tennessee doesn't have one. Um, but I'm sure you've gone sure. to different places, high school, and and have they had shot clocks then? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't really played with a shot clock since I'm uh, playing on the Adidas circuit. I know that this year, um, I know seven A has been having a thirty-five second shot clock. This is the first year they they put it in. Uh, so so, 
what do you what do you think about that as as you know as as a youngster who's you know has high goals and is you know you know getting offers from Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, Virginia, you know Clemson, Georgia, uh, USC, you know those are those are from pretty big schools. Um, you know, so what's it, what do you think about, about high school basketball in the United States, not having a shot clock? Uh, really, I really prefer a shot clock because I play fast paced mm-hmm. and I don't really like when teams like have the ball for each, like a minute. I remember playing in the school called Archer last year and they literally had the ball each position longer than 30 seconds every time. That's insane. Okay, so um, let's let's first then go to the let's first go to the national team, and then we'll come back to how you got there. So, in a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, you played for the Jamaican national team, and obviously it's a FIBA tournament, um, and they had a shot clock, um, and it was a twenty four second shot clock. Uh, is the is the Adidas AAU is that twenty four seconds? Um, I think it's thirty. 30 seconds. Okay. College is 30 as well. Just for those uh, re- listeners who, who might not know college basketball is at 30, 30 seconds. So um, what was it like for you to then play 24 seconds? Cause then that must've been the first time you've played 24 seconds shot clock, right? Yes, sir. It was uh, being a fast paced player. It didn't really affect me that much. Mm-hmm. Only time it really affected us as a team was when the, uh, the ball got stagnant and the other team was playing good defense and we had the, uh, or some shot at the end, but that was that was rare that that happened. Yeah, yeah, you guys like to run. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to that. So, um, you played for the Jamaican national team. Um, your your mother is uh, so she was born in uh, Montego Bay, uh, and yes, I guess you have uh, you have aunts who her sisters that were born in Kingston. Um, um so how long have you had the the jamaican passport have you had it your entire life or uh no i just got a dual citizenship like i'd say i've had it for like four months now and how did that come about i really my mom just wanted to give me a dual citizenship for uh for being uh jamaican how much was how much was Jamaica and the Jamaican culture part of your upbringing? I really, my all my mom's side was Jamaican. They're, most of their family moved to Houston, and then that's that's where I ended up being born. Now, uh, my nana and my grandpa, and my cousins and my mom's sisters and all that, and my aunts and uncles, they all live in Houston. And then uh, some, it's really the main, the main. Um, the main parts of my mom's side of my family, they all live in either Jamaica or Houston. Mm-hmm. And as far as the culture, though, I mean, uh, certain traditions. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure your mom cooked some, 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 some pretty good Jamaican food. I imagine. Yes, sir. Usually for the holidays, we either my mom will either cook something good or we'll end up going to Houston for okay. um, for like Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving stuff like that. We'll have like oxtail and and. Um, Jamaican patties and and um and plantain and stuff like that. Was there was there any part of Jamaican uh, non food culture that 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 you that you kind of know and, and enjoy? Uh, really, my uh, granddad is he's been a Bob Marley, so okay. they really uh, play a lot of reggae music around. 
can't complain about uh, Bob Marley, Marley fantastic uh, musician. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and and do you know the story at all between uh, about your 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 first name, London? Uh, that's uh, is there is there any sort of uh, background on that? Yes, sir. It was my my uh, actually my uncle came up with it uh, and uh, introduced it to my dad. It's a uh, prefix and a suffix uh, that means fierce, strong, a king, a ruler, uh, the London. Cool, cool. Um, what did you uh, What did you think about uh, about playing for Jamaica when you know? Well, no, actually, sorry. Before we get there, how did how did so your mom got the passport for you? Um, how did they, and then the, how did, so did the Jamaican national team, uh, did the, you know, basketball people, uh, I don't know if it was Poyser or whoever it was, did they, did they hear somehow about it or did, did, did someone from your family tell the, the Jamaican, uh, basketball people? Um, I'm not really sure how Cliff Poyser found out, but as soon as he did, he reached out to my family and my mom uh, was telling me that they were reaching out and wanted me to come down and play. And what'd you think? I thought it would be a good idea to play for uh, my country. Yeah, yeah. And then, so we we talked before, and that, that uh, you you made your your I guess it was your first trip out of the country. Then uh, before the tournament to Jamaica, what was what was that like for you? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Jamaica means so much to your your mom and and that family. Uh, what was it like for you to be there? Um, really, it was pretty cool to see where my mom was. Uh, to my mom, I grew up and uh, her family uh we started off we flew into montego bay but the training camp was in uh kingston so we drove from uh, montego bay to kingston which was like two hours three hours and then um i had we had training camp for a week there and then uh we flew out to mexico yeah and did you have a chance to see the family oh yes actually when i landed in montego bay my nana and my granddad picked me up from the airport must have been cool. Yes, sir. Was that uh, so? That was the first time you've seen them in in uh, in in Jamaica, of course. What, when was yes, the last sir. time you saw them before that? Uh, my nana had just uh, came to visit us down here in Atlanta. I'd say half a year ago, and then before that, I usually see her in the holidays in Texas. In Texas, yeah, in Houston. Uh, so, so when 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 somebody says where you're from, what do you say? Uh, I usually say I was born in uh, Houston, but if they're usually talking about like nationality or anything, I just say I'm Jamaican. Uh huh. And 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 as far as like where do you call home? Uh, mainly I call home Charlotte because I lived there the longest. Uh huh. Yeah. And, pr- like, and, uh, and, and so far the most formative years so far that you've had yes, yeah. sir, the most that i remember yeah yeah um so you had a team that uh there was four guys there was five guys uh four others that were uh were foreign based um what was what was that um what was that tournament like for you? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I want to talk to you and why you're getting attention from the Jamaica, you know, from the national team side is because you were putting up, you know, absolutely crazy numbers. Um, how did you, um, how did you take to the tournament? How did you take to, you know, playing for, for, for uh, playing, uh, you know, uh, for the national team, you know, in, in, in the competition? I found it pretty fun. It was pretty cool playing against other teams who like 
when you were playing against them, they were trying to communicate. Well, they were communicating, but they were speaking a different language and you didn't understand. That was pretty cool. And then um, it's pretty cool getting to see, like, different uh, countries play basketball as well. Um, like I said, we're in a bubble, so we went straight to the hotel and back to the uh, and back to the gym. We had an escort, and um, it was all the teams staying at one hotel, actually. You were you were really the 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 best player on this on this Jamaican team, and you know it was often, you know, uh, you know you'd get double teams. You you know you'd be slaloming through players after getting a rebound or you know getting the pass and you know driving it up. Um, how how challenging was it for you to 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 face so much competition? I I, I assume this is probably more than you've had at the AAU level or at the high school level, more attention from the defense. What was that like for you? Yes, sir. It was really, after the first game, I had 40 points. So I, then after that, the coaches really started to know like who to watch out for on our team. So then really, when I was getting the ball, they just started throwing double and triple teams at me. And, but I mean, and and how are you doing with that? I mean, there's that's probably the you know one of the first times that because usually you would have you know on an AEU team for that you'd have better you'd have players that you know they couldn't for, you know send two three guys at you. For sure, really, it was uh, harder to find my uh, shots. I was, I was sharing the ball a little more, but uh, Coach Poyser was still telling me to, to still try to break down uh, one defender of the double team and attack him and still try to find my shots. And find the open man, but uh, when I pass the ball, put it, uh, put my teammate in a position to be successful. And and still, even though you had those kinds of pre- kind of pressure, uh, I mean, you went to the foul line uh, seventy two times in five games. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. shot, but you shot uh, almost fifty eight percent from from two point range and almost forty seven percent from from uh, from three point range. How how would how would you describe that? You know, you know, you, you you we just talked about how difficult it was, you know, and and you know, you had you know one guy and then you beat that guy, but there's another another guy, you know, waiting for you. How difficult was it? And but and that you were still able to, you know, sh- shoot such high percentages. I really, it was pretty hard. I'd say I'd really to say I was finding open spots and then taking uh, good shots, making most of my shots. Um, my teammate, uh, Marcus, Marcus McDonald, mm-hmm. yes, sir. I'm pretty sure he was he was doing a lot to help as well. Uh, when I was getting double teamed, I could I could rely on him to make some shots. So you played um, 35 minutes against Mexico, 40 minutes against El Salvador, 36 against uh, Dominican Republic, Aruba, 30 minutes. Uh, and then 40 minutes against Panama, and that was uh, in five straight days. How tired were you? I was very exhausted. I actually <laughs> had a trainer after a couple of days uh, help me out with, um, like, stretching and stuff like that to stay healthy. Was was that the, it, you know, put everything into, you know, into into perspective, the, the you know you're the main guy um everybody's then also defense is also sending you know one two three guys at you uh you have the ball you know and 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 five days after i know you guys i know you know you play a lot of basketball you know also on the aau level was was that 
where does that rank as far as most difficult five days of games? Really, definitely somewhere near the top. Because usually in AU, they don't really know much about you or what you can do. So they don't really come out for jump ball, trapping, and triple team and double team. I'd say it's definitely one of the hardest. And what would you say, looking at the entire experience from a basketball perspective, what's the what are some of the biggest things you learned from that experience? Um, really just seeing how other countries take the sport serious and uh, it really just opened up my mind to see like that just in the U.S. is not just kids trying to work and make it to the NBA or to the next level. It's really happening all over the world. So it's like really slim that uh, people make it. Just got to keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were born in 2004 uh, and you mentioned uh, Marcus McDonald and you know he was three years younger than you. Uh, and, and Tristan was actually, Tristan McDonald was actually born in 2008. So he was actually four years younger than, um, maybe your thoughts about those two guys, um, you know, obviously playing, um, you, you mentioned Marcus, you know, Marcus, you know, had a pretty, pretty good tournament, uh, double figures and, you know, let's first start with him. What did you, what did you think of him as someone who was three years younger, which at that level really does mean a lot, uh, quite a bit. I really thought he was the second best player in the team. Uh, scoring wise, uh, we had like bigger bodies to rebound and stuff like that to do their job. But just scoring wise, I feel like he was he was uh, the next best up. I feel like he did a lot of uh, helping when I when I had a hard time uh, getting past doubles and triple teams and stuff like that. And 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 Tristan, so I mean, you, you know, this was the under seventeen central basket, and 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 actually he can play in this competitions the next two. Uh, additions uh, being four years younger, we, we didn't get a chance to see him very much. Uh, is there, can you give us any, any sort of scouting report from having him at the, at the training camp before and, and just, you know, playing around with him? Yes, sir. He's, he has potential. He's a, he's a pr- really good shooter. Uh, he also uh, has pretty good handles and stuff like that. I feel like as his body's mature, he could be one of the top players as well. Mm-hmm. Have you, so I don't know what kind of conversations you had with with uh, with Coach Poyser or with the you know Jamaican uh, basketball authorities, you know Federation and whatnot. Um, is is this is this a long term commitment to Jamaica? Is it something that you've kind of thought about? You know, maybe down the road, you know, also playing for them at the senior national team. Is that something that you've kind of thought about already? Actually, I haven't thought about that yet. I'm not sure what I'll be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because obviously there's a couple of, you know, uh, other NBA guys, you know, f- with Jamaican backgrounds, Nick Richards, uh, Isaiah Stewart, and some other guys. Uh, have, have you, you know, uh, have you talked to them at all uh, about, uh, about about playing, uh, about being from Jamaica and all that? No, I haven't really spoke to anybody, really. I heard about uh, Kofi from Illinois being um, Jamaican as well. Um. So off the court, um, you know, you know, traveling around is, you know, basketball, there's a, uh, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, unsexy time, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have, you know, you know, you know, shoot and score and, and, you know, everything else, but, you know, there's a lot of travel, uh, you know, waiting, you know, waiting on a bus and, you know, having a long bus trip or whatever, I don't know how much flying you guys are doing, but how do you spend that time uh, on the, on the bus, you know, that, that downtime? main thing I'll do is spend it reading or sleeping. 
really. What kind of things are you reading? Uh, usually like school assignments and stuff like that. I'm also uh, recently reading this book on mental focus. So it helps like understand what like focus is and how can you strengthen your focus to be able to, to lock in in, time, in times of need. Mm-hmm. So you're doing something for your, for your mind, for your mind as well. Yes, sir. Good. Um, some rapid fire question apps, app on your phone that you cannot live without and why? Uh, can it be like social media or besides social media? Anything app that you have on your phone. <laughs> I really, I'd say Twitter because it allows me to reach out to all the coaches and really get my name out there. Uh, your the favorite uh, f- favorite uh, basketball player, or the best basketball player in your eyes. Uh, currently. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd say Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't play basketball and could do any other job, what would it be? I'd probably be playing football or baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, best quality as a player and person? Uh, as a player, I'd say being able to uh, get, being able to play and make everybody around me better. And as a person, just really being positive, my positivity. Always uh, bringing a smile around. And your worst quality as a player and as a person? Uh, on the court, I'd say my strength. I definitely need to gain some weight and uh, get stronger. And then off the court, I'd say mm, probably I could be uh, quiet at times. I'm not sure if that's. Yeah, yeah, that could be a, a, a yeah. Um, best piece of of, of uh, life advice that you received uh, from somebody or read in a book um, that you really take to heart. Well, the main thing is never take any anything for granted because somebody else is out there working while you're out here taking it for granted. If you could have one, that, sorry, sorry, uh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just saying, I'll, I'll use that for on and off the court. Uh, if you could have one trait or skill from any player in the world, what would it be? I'd definitely say shooting like Steph Curry or, or athletic ability like uh, LeBron James. Yeah, that's that's uh, usually the shooting is, is from, from Curry. That would open up a lot of things, right? Yes, sir. How, how do you how, – where, where do you see your game? Where do you see your game? What are some of the things – I mean, strength is – you know, you're still young and, and just, you know, physical maturity will come. Obviously you can work out and, 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 and advance that. Uh, but where, where do you see your game and, and what are some of the things that you really are really pushing to do? Um, I see my game now being, being pretty solid. I still feel like I have ways to go to be where I want to be at when I finish playing basketball. And then, what was the second part of the question? Just what do you, what areas are you trying to improve on? Uh, like you said, strength, and then also extending my range, uh, shooting further away, and then being able to be more athletic, which comes with strength. Uh, I believe I saw somewhere that you uh, that you like to mess around a little bit with the saxophone. Is that correct? Yes, sir. 
I, I play off and on sometimes. I've been playing since I've lived in Tennessee. Okay. And is there, you know, you, you, you mentioned before that your, your family likes the, uh, likes the reggae. Uh, is there any music that kind of, uh, you know, that, that, you know, really enjoy? Um, I really like reggae as well. I also listen to like jazz and stuff like that. I like hearing the saxophone as well. I feel like the more I hear it, uh, the better I can like imagine and play it. And then I also listen to like hip hop before games and stuff like that. Yeah, hip hop is part of basketball culture, isn't it? Can't get away from it. Do you do you feel that the that being able to play the saxophone helps you on the basketball court at all? Uh, at times, I feel like it can uh, clear my mind, especially listening to the saxophone. I feel like the rhythm from the saxophone uh, can translate to uh, uh, being on the basketball court. Why do you say that? I feel like the rhythm is like smooth and allows me to like have a steady mind to, uh, to also maintain my focus back on the focus part uh, to make shots and stuff like that. If I were to look at your, uh, I mean, I was, if I were to look at your phone or however you listen to music, how much, how, what percentage is, let's call it saxophone music and, and what percentage, yeah. Well, what percentage is saxophone music? I'd say 30%. 30%. Uh-huh. Sure. And who are some of your let's call them let's call them saxophone and favorite artists? I really I don't really have one. Sometimes uh-huh. I listen to like it's really like NPR uh, radio. They'll play some saxophone stuff, and then like watercolors sometimes, and then uh, smooth jazz. It's really like uh, on Apple Music. So so if if uh, if somebody were to say. You know, hey, hey, London, what do you want to listen to? And if you didn't want to listen to hip hop, you'd say put on some smooth jazz. Yes. And that, that'll, that'll get you. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And did I see Beethoven as well? Oh, uh, really? I, I really said Beethoven. Um, uh, my mom plays the piano a lot. Okay. And uh, Beethoven, she listens to Beethoven a lot as well. So Beethoven, I sometimes end up listening to it through my mom. Okay, but that that's not that's not necessarily part of your music culture, if you will. Yeah. Okay, and you sing it all? Oh uh, no, no sir. No. And and how would you rate yourself? So you know, you're 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 an emerging basketball player. Um, if you were to if you were to put as much time and energy into music, how do you think that you would be able to become a, a an emerging uh, professional saxophone player? Yes, sir. I definitely do. If I really lock in, if that was my main focus, I feel like I could be a professional uh, saxophone player. Okay. Do you have a favorite song that features a saxophone in it? Mm, Right now, I like to play Amazing Grace. Okay. By a particular artist? Uh, No, sir. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and and I think I read somewhere else. I think the interview in ProSite uh, that that there is also that if you would that um, even pre med is something that you would even uh, somehow consider or whatever that you're interested in. Yes, sir. Being I really want to be uh, similar to my mom in the medical field, so that is something that I'll look to major in once I get to college. So you're looking to major in in, in pre med when you go. Yes, sir. Okay. 
Um, and, and your mom, uh, so she's a doctor. Is she, she's in Atlanta now or is she in, in Charlotte or where oh, she no, she's in Atlanta now with us. Okay. And, it, and, and, and what, what kind of, what kind of, uh, field is she in? Uh, she's a oncologist. Okay. Okay. It's a, it's a cancer doctor Yeah. Uh-huh. or a cancer surgeon. Has she had to jump into COVID cases at all? I don't know what the hospital situa- yes, situation has so been pretty tough then, huh? Yes, sir. What, what are, what are, as, as someone who, as someone who I would say you're educated by the interest that you have, you know, that you're reading mental books, uh, reading books to sort of strengthen your men- mental uh, side, listening to music, uh, considering uh, uh, pre-med. What is your take on the on on the COVID situation in general? Um, I feel like that everybody just uh, continues to mask up uh, and or get vaccinated. That it'll continue to level, continue to drop. I feel like uh, people are like starting to get back out now, so the levels are like rising, and that if we uh. If we just maintain the uh, protocols and stuff like that, then it'll be it'll be a way sooner than later. How how much are you looking forward to the end of all this, so that you can actually, you know, everybody can you know go back and just you know big crowds and, and enjoy playing in front of you know, you know, like if you go to North Carolina, you're going to have you know this many you know people in that in that arena. If you go to Alabama, you know how much how much are you looking forward to, you know the time when this is over so that so that you guys that everybody can you know just uh you can feed off that energy i'm really looking forward to when it's over to to go back to when it was uh somewhat normal i feel like the energy is different when when you have a big crowd mm. and that can really change the outcome of a game and stuff like that yeah i i almost done. just two kind of things that just i don't want to ask you about um there's you're you are on the college track and i think it's also you know, um, you know, uh, the education is, is pretty important to you. Um, but, you know, in order to become an NBA player, no, you don't need to go to college anymore. That's, you know, that's pretty clear now. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways. You know, now there's the G League, there's the Overtime Elite Series. Um, okay, we haven't had anybody from Overtime yet because it's just started. But, you know, that's a, that's a place where some people are going. There's Australia uh, where some players have, have gone uh, instead of college. What what do you think you know about all of this? You know, because like I said, you're you're not going to do this. But what do you think about having these other options for for youngsters? I feel like that it's just uh, another uh, way to make it out. I'd say uh, it just opens up different options. I'd say that um, really uh, it's a fast way to get money. I'd say, uh, and I I'd rather take. Uh, the long-term way, I would rather not take the fast money, just uh, just not rush my process and continue to work, and then, then my time will come with the money. Yeah, um, I I know that uh, I know that Georgia is is not one of the states that allows uh, name, image, and likeness, um, but I also know that there a lot of states are uh, for 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 high school uh, for non-college players. Let's say that non-college athletes. Um, is that, is that something that, you know, you have a pretty decent, uh, uh, Twitter following, for example, you know, is that something that, that, 
uh, you're even looking into considering or, or do you just have so many other things uh, or maybe that come after you're done when you decide where you're going to go to college? Sure. I think it will come later. But I haven't really considered or I'll look into really any NIL deals, but if one does come up, I'll definitely be looking to consider it. It's a pretty exciting time. It's a very different time too. Um, so I guess, I guess, um, I guess kind of let's finish off uh, because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a good chunk of people that want to hear about your, uh, about the international part of it. And then there's a good chunk of people who want to hear about, um, you know, your choice and all this other stuff. Let's, let's, let's finish off because this is, you know, uh, obviously that how relieved are you going to be when you, when you do announce, when you do tweet out and send an, an Instagram, uh, the message, the, the, you know, the post, uh, where you've, de- where you've decided what, what kind of, uh, what kind of feelings are you going to have relief, uh, you know, uh, you know, excitement, whatnot, uh, when, when this, uh, when this comes to an end. I'll definitely be really relieved. I feel like after I, I drop that and get all the congratulations and stuff, I feel like I'll really be able to lock in on playing, uh, playing with my uh, school and AAU team and getting better without any big distractions. Yeah. All right. Uh, London Johnson. I, I really appreciate uh, all the time. Uh, happy that we were to finally uh, catch up. And uh, I wish you a, as we say here in Germany, a good slide into 2022. Um, it was a, it was a joy talking to you and uh, it was definitely fun watching you in, uh, in, at the under 17 central basket. Uh, good luck in 2022 uh, and uh, good luck finishing off the decision for you um, and look forward to hearing uh, where you decide to go. Sure. Thank you for having me.